Round one. Fight. <laughs> What's going on, BW Sports One World? It is the Lion, and we're here with another interview for Combat Zone. That's right, the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships own Brandon Mallow Lambert. What is going on, sir? Thank you for coming on with me. Absolutely, man. I'm just enjoying uh, enjoying my Saturday right now. You know, we're what uh, six days away from the fight. Just gearing up, man. I cannot wait. Um, and I appreciate the time for you, uh, you know, giving me your time to to get on the platform. This is awesome. Oh, definitely, definitely. Like we were kind of joking around before the show. I, I kind of made a boo boo, and then Vince kind of made a boo boo. So our boo boos kind of xed out each other. No, now we here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Teamworks make the dream work, baby. There you go. There you go. So. Not everybody in the BW Sports One world um, is familiar with bare knuckle fighting. I'm getting them into that more so with the fighters and all that. So let's tell a little bit of background because I know that, you know, this is your actual debut in bare knuckle fighting, but you have a tremendous um, back career as far as in Muay Thai and and MMA style. So why don't you tell everybody kind of your background in fighting? So, I mean, I, I grew up in Muay Thai. Um, Lived in Thailand for a while, fought Muay Thai all over the all over the country there. I don't have any fights in the United States. Um, I'm actually the only bare knuckle fighter for bare knuckle fighting championships that they've ever signed that they've never seen fight. Hmm. Um, so that that's kind of cool. So that like that that's got a big story behind it. That's there's a lot of people talking about this fight. There's a lot of people wanting to see me go out there and get knocked out. A very small percentage of the uh, of people that want to see me go out there and knock somebody else out. Um, so yeah, I, I'm doing it for the haters and I'm doing it for the for the fans. But I, I'm you know I have a big um, uh, a big reason why I'm doing this. We can get into that later. But with with with, with bare knuckle, um, when I did Muay Thai, we did it with wraps. We didn't have you know the eight ounce or the twelve ounce or the ten ounce gloves. We did them with wraps basically, mm-hmm. and. Um, I wanted to go once I started to get back into, into combat sports, I wanted to go kickboxing and maybe MMA. Um, but then when I got introduced to bare knuckle, I knew that that was the sport that I needed to go into. So I, I hit the campaign hard and, uh, I make my debut on February 5th. Well, I know I can't not, I cannot wait to see you debut in that, in that squared circle. I know, um, like I've done my research on you, you know, I have honestly, I've never got a chance to actually watch you fight yet, but this is what I'm looking for because it is totally different. You know, like you said, you had to wraps, you didn't have gloves, you had to wrap. So it's a little bit similar in that aspect, but you still have a little bit more in Muay Thai than you do in this. Yeah. And again, um, with the Muay Thai, a lot of clinching, a lot of kicking, a lot of, you know, elbows. knee throws, elbows and stuff like that. So how has your training evolved from Muay Thai training to bare knuckle, bare knuckle fighting? Yeah, well, it's 
I'm glad that you said bare knuckle fighting also, not bare knuckle boxing. So thank there you. There is a difference. <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> but yeah, so the biggest is um, my weight distribution. So like I was very, uh, very much light on my front foot because that's where I checked my kicks at. And uh, I had to learn to, you know, get my base. I had to learn to do the pure boxing base. Um, and with the clinches, you know, I'm used to being able to throw, throw you around, throw you down. You can't do that in bare knuckle, and you also can't uh, do a do a plum. So that that was a big difference, and you got to have an active clinch. Like you know, Muay Thai, we can stay there and and, and knee. We can mm. throw an elbow, but in, in bare knuckle, you've got to grab with one hand and throw with the other. So that that's a little odd. Now, real um, quick, I'm not meaning to interrupt you, Brandon, okay. but kind of kind of fill people in on what that plum is. That 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 plum so, movement. So the plum, you know, you're gonna you're gonna grab the head basically the back of the head here mm-hmm. and you're going to you're, you're you're trying to force them down and control their posture so you can move them around side to side frontwards backwards um so you can put them where you want to strike at and with with, with this here um i mean you can just grab the head or grab the neck and move them around a little bit but you can't you can't actually grab a hold of them and 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 you know physically put them where you want them, and that's that's really different for me because I'm used to grabbing with both hands to get control, and then being able to use my knees to do strikes. Um, mm-hmm. So the first few sparring days were a little weird because when we would get into the clinch, that's the first thing I wanted to do is throw a knee, and you just cannot do that. <laughs> they <laughs> frown upon that in BKFC. Yeah, yeah, they take points <laughs> and shit. <laughs> Uh, now, on a positive note from Muay Thai, the way you fought in Thailand and Muay Thai to bare knuckle is, again, the wraps, the hand wraps. You're not using yeah. gloves, so you're used to kind of being naked, per se, on your hands compared to a lot of um, MMA fighters or pure boxers that come into the sport with either four or six-ounce gloves or the 12 to 16-ounce gloves, regardless of uh, you know whatever they're in. Um, explain that. And I see that being a benefit of, that you have right now um, coming into the sport. Explain how, you know, you're not – you don't have those big gloves to block. Yep. But with your training in Muay Thai with just the, the wraps, you're used to pinpointing those shots. Yeah, you really have to pick your shots. Like in bare knuckle, you do see some brawlers that just, you know, throw haymakers or whatnot. Um but you don't really see that a lot because you have to be accurate where you're throwing your strikes because you don't have padding. So if you hit an elbow, your hand's broken. You hit, right. uh, you know, you, so with the gloves, the guard's a lot different too because you can do the heart with the gloves, you know, make a little heart with the gloves, and um, you can block a you can block a, a, a gloved punch with that. You can't block like that and, and expect a bare knuckle fist not to slip through there. And it'll also, you'll, you'll notice people, they'll, they'll throw a lot of power. They'll connect with like a chin or the head. And then their next few shots aren't as powerful. Mm-hmm. You can't throw haymakers in this sport. You can't throw with full power. You need timing and precision to be able to put your opponent down. And a lot of people go and, and are looking for the knockout because in a, in a, with your gloves on, you don't get a whole lot of cuts. So mm-hmm. you're really trying to stop or TKO your opponent. And bare knuckle, all you got to do is cut them. There's a lot of fights getting getting stopped by cuts. Yep. So, I mean, it, it, it's 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 a pick your poison. Do you want to get knocked unconscious, or do you want to have some scars on your face? Um. There, 
the difference, I've been a, I've had both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, the, the, the big difference is, is that when you get hit with a glove, you know you got hit with a punch and you can still look forward. When you get hit with bare knuckle, you're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and you know, you, you know you got hit, but you don't know what you got hit with because it, it's a lot, it's more of a rattle than it is with an impact. Oh yeah. So I mean I I, I like to say, you know, it's kind of like stubbing your knee or your shin on a on a on a trailer hitch. You don't oh, see you gotta it. love that feeling, don't you? Yeah, you know it's there, you don't see it, but when it hits you, it it, it you know you you know what you hit. So um that's the biggest difference, I think, and 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 being able to take those and being able to know what it's going to feel like when you do connect, because a lot of people will they'll hit you hard, and they'll hurt their hand when they do connect, and then they can't follow up because they're thinking, "Damn, that hurt." But if you know what to expect, you're still throwing, and you can catch them with another two, three shots before you know they can even put their hands back up. Right, right. Well, let's kind of jump into the BKFC side. You know, you're debuting. You're going up against Jared Grant. Um, I know that you were trying to get the uh, good old UK guy um, for a while. Yep. That didn't that didn't pan out. And yet. and you know, yet yes, yet. that's the key word. <laughs> um, now, I know that you've had kind of a a delay in your debut because I'm sure the the COVID happened and it was delaying fights left and right. So you've kind of been in this almost a year, if I'm not mistaken. So trying to get involved with it more. Yeah, I mean, I would say, pro yeah, almost a year. I'd say like six or seven months. Um, okay. I originally talked to Nate Shook about getting on to toe the line because they're like, hey, you know, this is our feeder league. Everybody starts here. So uh, I was supposed to fight in like November or October, and uh, that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And then I was supposed to fight December 11th in Biloxi mm -hmm. for toe the line. And then the Kansas card got canceled. So okay. they moved the they moved the the BKFC card BKFC fifteen to Biloxi and canceled the toe the line. Gotcha. And um, so I was a little bit bummed about that, you know what I mean. And then I went to England to go troll Tyler. And I thought he was going to come come home, and he didn't. He stayed in Vegas. And the day I got into London, they shut that down. So I ended up flying back home early because I was going to stay throughout the New Year. And I got home, I think, December 27th. And then the morning of December 28th, I got a text from Nate and said, hey, can you make 135 by February 5th? And my exact reply was, I'll make any weight you need me to make on February 5th. So that's how that happened. And I thought that maybe I was going to fight Chop Chop Corley because mm -hmm. um, I, I, I had went off on him a little bit. I, I don't like that guy. And I knew that he was trying to come in to make his debut. He bitched out and didn't fight Travis Thompson on toe the line. Uh, he, he skedaddled out of that. I just don't like people that, that duck fights. Um, that's why I don't like Dat Win either. I want to fight Dat Win. That, Dat Win's the next guy I want to fight if I can't get Tyler Goodjohn. Um, and I don't like Dat because he pulled out of the fight with Reggie and fucked Reggie out of the title shot because Reggie would have stopped him in, in Miami. And if I'd have been anywhere near weight, I would have fought Reggie because I just want to get in there and fight the best names. I want to go in there and prove that I belong. Um, I'm not looking to come in here and fight people. I mean, I'm going against the, I'm not going against the debut guy. I'm not going against the one and one guy. I'm not going against the guy that's never won a fight. Mm -hmm. I'm going against the two and O guy that has two stoppages that has a wealth of experience. That's a lot younger than me, a lot faster than me, way more experienced right now. I haven't had a fight in almost 14 years. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but they're putting me in there with him for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to prove what that reason is on, on February 5th. A lot of people are talking shit like, oh, you shouldn't be calling this guy out and that guy out. I'm going to show everybody on February 5th exactly why I am calling everybody out and exactly what I'm going to do to them because I will stop that win this year. I want to see that. I, w- I just can't wait till next week, man. I want to see you put hands on that guy. And no offense to, to Jared, you know, I don't know him personally, haven't talked to him yet, but. You know, I, I, I've I been on this side of the fighting industry for a long time. You know, I, I did a, a couple years of, of amateur MMA after boxing and all that. It is what it is. I'm old and fat now. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> um, but when you see guys and you see, like you were saying, a lot of people duck fights. And it's not just in bare knuckle. It's boxing. It's Absolutely. MMA. It's everything. And I'm so with you on that. I'm so sick and tired of seeing people pussyfoot around to just get the fights that they want to project their, to try to project their career rather than taking the road that normal people, you know, air quotes, normal people have to go through and take, you know, but yeah. on that aspect, you know, you've got, you do have a height advantage. You are what four to six inches taller, I think, if not more. Yeah, it's, I think I'm six inches taller than him. Maybe, may, maybe five. Okay. I, I keep seeing that is that his height's like totally different, and my height's always totally different. So I would say anywhere between four and five inches is, is what I got on him. Okay, and then with Muay Thai, you know that would be outstanding to have in a Muay Thai fight because you're sitting there waiting for him and and you can connect on legs and everything. Mm -hmm. Now in bare knuckle where I know that he likes to kind of, I don't want to say hesitate, but start off a little bit slower than normal. Um, You know, he goes in, he he's a inside the body type fighter Um, with you being the height, having the height advantage on that. I mean, your strategy, I'm assuming, and you don't have to tell the world what your full strategy is besides knocking them out, but, you know, staying on that outside, catching them every time he tries to come in, and then seeing an opening and go for it. You know, explain, because a lot of people, like I said, a lot of people, casual fans, don't understand what we're talking about. Kind of elaborate that part. Well, so, like, so he's he's a smaller guy, so he's going to want to try to get onto the inside and, and box with me there. With me being taller and longer, um, you know, I, I have a better opportunity of keeping my range, um, picking him apart from the outside and not letting him get in on me, um, catching me with wild hooks or uppercuts or whatever. But, I mean, to be 100% honest, man, like, it's no secret what I'm going to do. Like, I don't have anything to fucking lose. If I go out there and get KO'd like Donatelli or whatever his name was, that's what people are expecting. I'm coming through and I'm coming forward every once they say knuckle up, I'm stepping forward and I'm throwing punches. So I don't give a fuck about the range. I don't give a fuck about the clinch. I'm showing up on February 5th to bring pure fucking violence. And I can't do that by sitting around picking my shots. I'm coming after Jared Grant because he's standing in the way of everything I ever wanted. And I'm not going to let anybody stop me from getting that dub on February 5th. I like it. And this is part of that thing that people on the outside looking in see that have been around the sport. They see the determination and the fire in people's eyes. They see, like you said, the nothing to lose in one side with everything to lose on the other. A 2 and no guy's got a lot to lose against a debut fighter in the organization or the, the sport in this aspect. Yeah. Um, you know, so go at it, brother. Give him <laughs> hell. I can't wait to see. 
Yeah, I mean, because you know, like, like you know, I don't have any pressure. I mean, I'm I'm expected to go in there and lose. I'm expected to go out there and be a flop. So if that happens, I just meet everybody's expectations, right? But if I don't, there's no ceiling. There's no ceiling. If I go out there and do what I know I'm going to do, you're looking at the new face. I'm going to be a fucking superstar because I'm going to beat everybody they put in front of me. I'm going to fuck these dudes up. That's the bottom line. There's, There's a handful of people in BKFC right now that I think can beat me right now. You give me three fights in a year in this organization, and I'll hold double belts, I guarantee you. Uh, well, I'm glad to get you on the show now, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get you this. from the start. <laughs> Archive this because in 2022, when I'm holding two belts, you can play this back because like, I'm I'm Conor McGregoring this shit. I'm coming through here and taking everything that I want, and right. I want those belts. I want the 135, I want the 145, and I may even go up and take the Fuck 155. Fuck it, yeah, go three of them. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> I like this. I like it, man. Um, now – you know, with you got King Mo in your corner. You've been training with him um, through all that. I know with his experience in multiple different uh, fighting styles. What has that brought to you? Oh my God, man! Um, I mean, he has so much knowledge on everything. So with the dirty boxing, with uh, you know, hand movement, feet placement, how to move your hips. I mean. You know, he, he's, he's known as a wrestler, but I mean, he's, he's, he can strike as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being able to break down movements and break down fights and break down mentalities. He, he's just an overall awesome ass dude. And he actually got me through all my depression. Like I, I wasn't, I didn't move out here to Florida to become a fighter. Like I own a business and shit. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need to be doing this. Um, but, you know, it's something that's in my heart. It's something, <clears throat> something that I wanted to get back into, and uh, I'm ready to rock and roll with it. So with him in my corner and him behind me and beside me this whole time, it's given me the confidence to know that I, I, I'm not here to fuck around. Like, I'm here with the big boys. I'm not just out here on the, uh, you know, want to be in and, and, and hoping one day I can make it. Like, I have legit people around me. I mean, I have Brock Weaver around me. I have, uh, you know, Poye. Um, Mike Davis, I have legit people around me that, that are helping me and, uh, I couldn't be more thankful. Now, how did that feel? You mentioned Poirier. How did that feel after last weekend for you guys? Oh man. I, I was not surprised, man. Like, right. Dustin, I wasn't either because I bet on Dustin. Not going to lie. I did, I did too. <laughs> Dustin is a bad motherfucker. And what I mean by that is not just as a fighter, but just as a human being. So, what I'm going to do too is um, I'm a big supporter of his, so I'm actually going to be donating uh, my fight purses for the remainder of my career for BKFC. I'm going to be donating every cent that I make from BKFC to the Good Fight Foundation. Nice, you are one nice dude, man. I wish that honestly, and, not, and this is no bullshit because you're here face to face. Because if I didn't like you, I tell you right now. But with you saying that. Your level of respect for me just went from where it was up top already to, I mean, just overboard. I mean, that that shit's real right there. That's that's good. Well, you know, because I'm not – if I was out here, you know, struggling and, and needing to fight for the money and stuff, then obviously I wouldn't do that. Um, right. I've been blessed in life, and um, I'm able to be on a big stage now, on a stage that I, I never thought I would be on. 
and I've been giving these oppor- given these opportunities for, you know, for my efforts. And, um, I'm a big believer in what Dustin's doing with the good fight foundation. And I've seen the good that he's doing. And I, I just want to be a part of that. That's awesome. That's awesome guys. Make sure to follow good fight. Cause it's a, it's a, it's a very good, good fight foundation. Good fight foundation. Thank you. Yep. Sorry. Blah, 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 blah. You know, some days. <laughs> um, now, a minute ago, you mentioned, uh, you know, King Mo and your new training uh, partners and your training staff kind of helped you through depression. You know, I know that you've kind of dealt with uh, well, everybody's dealt with adversity in their life. But, you know, you've kind of dealt with some personal issues over the past few years. And, mm-hmm. and if if you want to kind of go into that as far as not a, in a negative way, you know, kind of tell the people, you know, it's good to get through certain things like this and keep moving forward. Absolutely. So, um, it's no, it's no secret. Um, I battle severe depression. I've been depressed since I was a child. So, um, I mean, as you can see on my face, the tattoos and shit, that's not something normal people do. Um, so basically I I'm going through a self-inflicted divorce. Um, I was married for 10 years, had three beautiful children, I had a home that we that we purchased. We had three or four cars, motorcycle. I had had the American dream. I had the life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I became unfaithful. I, I I met another woman. I fell madly in love with her, and I had an affair for about five years on and off. My wife finally found out about it, and she wanted to forgive me or whatever. And I just could not leave this other girl alone. Um, she even warned me. She's like, "I'll forgive you, but if you..." If you contact her again, you're basically ending our marriage. And I told her I understood that. And I obviously just didn't care. So I, uh, I, I kept messaging this girl and wife found out. So long story short, she ended up uh, cheating on me with a, a kid from our gym that we owned, a 24-year-old kid, and um, got a restraining order on me while I was out of state and got me kicked out of my own house and took everything that I had. She took everything that I had, the cars, the kids, my dog, my cat, all my memorabilia, my sold everything that we had and moved out of state with her, uh, with with her parents. So I left California and came out to, uh, to Florida and was probably 110, 115 pounds, um, severely depressed. And I came out on the whim from, uh, King Mo. Mo's like, come out and visit me, see Florida, see what you think, you know, and get your mind out of this. Um, so I came down and, uh, that's basically what happened is I, I just started listening to him. You know, he's been through similar situations. Um, and I just, you know, I figured I'm not going to let this break me. Like I, I caused this situation so I can cause it to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you're not only responsible for the negative things in your life. You're also responsible for the positive. One thing I hate about um, like the religion stuff is people will be like, oh, yeah, I fucked up and all this stuff's going bad. But when it's going good, they're like, oh, yeah, all glory to God. And I'm not trying to disrespect people's religions, but you can't go through life thinking that God is going to fix everything for you because he's not. You know what I mean? Like he's not. So you have to do it yourself. So um, I've been in and out of child, not child support court, sorry, custody court. My, mm-hmm. I have not spoke. I've spoken to my son two times in the last 16 months. Mm. Um, she's keeping my, she's alienating me from my children and I have no voice in court. Um, the courts just want to postpone things or 
let her have it. Like she sold my fucking house a year ago and kept all the money and I've got nothing for it. Um, so I wanted to use this, I wanted to use, um, this drive to get onto a platform to be able to, to try to bring change to family law, because I'm not the only person going through this. Mm -hmm. You can look on my friends list and find people that are fighters and probably 50% of them don't see their children because of a spiteful person, a spiteful mother. And it's just not right. Um, the only time that the courts get involved is if they want to make you pay child support. Um, so like I, I even got a message. I got sponsored by an MMA t-shirt company. I got a message from them saying that they got a call from the child support division to see how much I was getting paid. Yet I call court to be able to see my children from contempt of court from my wife not letting me see them. And they want to postpone it for four or five more months. And when I tell them that's not okay because I already haven't seen them for three months, they throw the fucking case out. Hmm. So that's what I want to use this for. And that's the people that I'm actually doing this for is all these broken daddies. A lot of um, uh, deadbeat deadbeat fathers are just broken daddies. And a lot of people don't understand the stress that we're under and how we have no footing or no voice. So all the depression came from losing the love of my life, Sara Mayrata from Reseda, California. If you're watching this, I love you to death and I wish you would speak to me because she don't speak to me either. The wife filled her head full of dumb shit. And um, yeah, she won't. I haven't talked to her either. So I lost my kids, my house, my wife, my girlfriend. If you could, if you had, if I had it, I lost it. And now I'm on the rebuilding stage. So um, the first step of that is to walk through Jerry Grant on February 5th. The second part of that is the walk through Dat Win, and then the third part of that is to find me a title fight. Whatever weight doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I like it, man. You know, I, I don't want to say you know I'm sorry for this and this and this because you know it is what it is. You know, you are admitting your faults and yeah, my fault. Yeah, and you're and you're taking it. You're taking it in stride. You're taking it 100% accountability. That's I want to I want to disagree with you on one thing. When you say broken daddies and deadbeat dads, there's totally different things. I don't I don't put those two in the same realm because you have you have situations like yes, you fucked up, but you want to see your kids. In other aspects, you have people that fuck up continuously that do not give two yeah. shits to see their kids. There is the difference. Yeah, well, there's a huge difference. But what I what I what I meant to say was there a lot of those deadbeat fathers started from started from being broken daddies and they couldn't get themselves out because I'll be 100 percent honest with you. I haven't paid child support. I haven't paid a dime of child support. And the reason I haven't is because she told them that I made a fuck ton of money and they wanted me to pay three thousand dollars a month in child support. Oh. Uh, I'm not doing that. And then when we did go to court, they didn't listen to anything I said. So I hung up on them in court. So, I mean, I, I'll admit as far as paying child support, I'm a deadbeat father because I'm not paying. But the, she's taken hundreds of thousands of dollars. From me. It sounds like she had enough from me already. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she she took enough. If I knew that my kids were doing without, I would I, I would be homeless before I let them do without. But she right. lives with her parents. She has all the money that I made. Um, you know, so she, she has all that. So it, it, it's all good, but I don't even care about any, like her boyfriend still hits me up. He's probably watching this right now. He always hits me up to talk shit, but like he, he doesn't get that. I don't give a fuck. Like I, it's not, yeah, it's not his yeah. situation to jump in. Yeah. Like, and he keeps talking about my kids and all this. Like he just needs to tune in February 5th because Jared is going to get what I want to give to this kid. You know what I mean? 
And I feel sorry for him for that, but it is what it is. And, you know, like, I just, I just want my children to be able to see me and know that I didn't leave them because they are telling them, they're telling my kids that I just took off to go do my own thing. And that's not the case. And, you know, when they're, when they're of age, I'm, I have all the paperwork and I'm going to show them and let them know that they were taken from me, but I can't put myself in the position to where I, I look, I, I get arrested and be dumb. Like I've already put myself right. in a position where I lost in court. I can't go in and, and be the person that I want to be right now. So I have to be a better person. So I'm bettering myself and thank God Nate Shook and David Feldman are giving me that platform. Um, you know, cause I want to do positive. Th- I'm going in here to hurt people, but I also want to do positive things with the rewards from that. Right. Um, but this is just a passion of mine, man. And like, um, I always knew that I would, that I would, I would be on a big stage somehow. I just didn't think that I would be fighting on it. <laughs> well, here you are. What, less than one week away from the debut of Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships, Knuckle Mania. You are on the biggest. You're making your debut yes. on the biggest card of the year. <laughs> that in itself is awesome. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. You know, I, I get to I get to debut on the first card of the year, the baddest card of the year, the best card they've ever done, the most highly anticipated and publicized card that they've ever done. And and I get to I get to do it on a card with a legend, Chris mm-hmm. Levin. He's fighting a friend of mine, Quentin Henry. We're managed by the same company. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think Quentin's going to take it. But how many people can say they fought on the same card as Chris Levin? You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's insane. So I, I'm super stoked, you know, and, you know, and, and I'm a big fan of Johnny Bedford also, you know, I've watched Johnny from a, for a long time mm-hmm. and, you know, I get to fight on the same card as him and I get to fight a far enough away from him where I can actually sit down and enjoy his fight. Right. And, you know, that, it's going to mean the world to me, man. Like this is, this is the biggest day of my life barring my children being born. Right. And, um, as far as I'm concerned, I'm the main event. So when you see me acting the full at weigh-ins or, or at the hotel, you're coming to see me. It's in my mind. You're looking at me. I'm going to give you guys a fucking show. 100%. I like it. I like it. Well, I will definitely be staying in tune next Friday night, all night long on bareknuckle.tv's uh, app because I've already been a subscriber. So I cannot wait for that. That's Yeah. And just some news <laughs> for that. If you are a subscriber for BKTV app, you do get Knuckle Mania for free. Yep. If you are not a subscriber yet, if you do subscribe and you buy the pay-per-view for $39.99, it comes with a full year subscription to the app. Right. So that that's awesome. Um, BK, uh, you know, BKFC didn't have to do that. David Feldman didn't have to do that. He's loyal to his fan base, which I, I respect a, a ton. And he let people that have already been, you know, that were already promised free pay-per-views, he's fulfilling that promise. So big shout out to Mr. David Feldman for that. That is awesome. Um, I mean, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships is one of the best organizations I've ever been around. Um, and I've been around pretty much every organization that there is. Um, Bellator is a very, very great organization as well, as well as LFA. But uh, BKFC, they just take care of their people, and I love it. I love it. There you go. And with their people, I mean their consumers. They take care of their fighters. Right. They care about their viewers. They care about you know the people that are actually. Not about just it. pocketing the money all, all in their pockets. They exactly. want to give it out. Yep, yes, I like so it. it. It's awesome, man. 
I like it. Brandon Mallow Lambert. Everybody, here is Brandon. I got my rapid knockout segment. Okay. This awesome. is five questions that have absolutely zero to do with the fighting world. Are you ready? I'm 100% ready. All right. Number one, favorite food? Steak, sushi. S- steak. What kind of steak is your favorite? Filet, porterhouse, no, New York trip. strip. New strip. York strip. Yep. New York strip or any kind of raw sushi. I love sushi. Okay. All right. Favorite music, band, artist, you know, genre. What do you like? Country music. I love country. God, I liked you until that comes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm listening uh, to a lot. I'm listening. I, I listen to some hip hop. Um, I listen to like like realism hip hop. So like Kevin Gates. I listen to Young Blue. But majority of the time, I'm listening to country. Okay. I won't hold that against you. <laughs> uh, favorite sport other than combat? Football. College football. Do you, who's your team? I don't have a team. I go by players. Okay. If you but, were to pick a team right now, who would you be watching? I would say probably LSU. I've always liked LSU or Ohio State. Ohio oh, State. God. <laughs> I'm controversial, man. You know. Ah, I mean? man. You know that I'm from Indiana, so so there. God's country is only two and a half hours away from me in South Bend, Indiana. Okay, yeah, with well, the I'm Golden Dome and all. I know. And you like Ohio State? I got enough of them around here. Well, that's because I just I'm not a big fan of Indiana, man. Like I'm not. So right, that's why you're not here. <laughs> yeah, I, I got the fuck out of there as soon as I could. I, I just I like. Ohio State because they were pretty much always dominant and they're always in the running. You know what I mean? They're not just like a flashbang school where every now and then they make the playoffs or every now and then they get a good player. Like they put more people in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. That team's put more people in the NFL than any other college football team. Uh, them or Alabama, one of the two. They're they're yeah. high. they're probably pulling for each other's. Yeah, I forgot that Bama, Bama has has a bunch of people too. So that that yeah. might be who I was thinking of. But oh well, good thing you didn't say Alabama. I'm fine with you saying Ohio State then. <laughs> I, get, I hear enough about Alabama. Yeah, I'm not a big I'm not a big <laughs> fan. All right. Uh, favorite role model, whether it be personal role model growing up or somebody in the sports room that you've always looked up to, or both. I mean, a role model. Um, uh, Besides me. Now that yeah, you know me, say, you know. I, I was going to – you interrupt me. I was going to say you too. So <laughs> fuck. Um, that's a tough one. That's not a good knockout question because that takes a while. I don't know. A, a good role model. Um, I would say David Goggins, man. Wow. Okay. I, I, I listen to him a lot. I like his philosophy. And I and I and I, li- I like the way he talks. You know, he doesn't have to be in a business suit and tell you intellectual things. He can say, "Suck it the fuck up," and you get what he says. Right. You know. Um, so I would say right now, as far yeah, I would say David Goggins is a really good role model for me right okay. now. Okay. And everybody needs to look that guy up too. Yes. Um, favorite hobby? Playing poker. Playing poker. Are, are we a Hold'em. Texas Hold'em guy? Okay. All right. Texas Hold'em, yeah. So are you, when will we see you on the World Series of Poker? Um, Is that is that in the limelight some down, down the road too? Maybe. Maybe. It just depends on how this money starts coming in. I start making more <laughs> money, I start gambling more. I, ever since the divorce, I had to stop gambling so much. Yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, uh, yeah, I do want to be because I, I have played at those events. I have played at the uh, the World Series of Poker. I've played in the bicycle because I, you know, I'm, I'm I lived in California for a long, long time, so I, I was at the bicycle lot, Commerce, WPT. That's the that's the one I was trying to. Think w of, okay. okay, the World Poker Tour. Yeah, so I've been to, I've been to a bunch of them, and I've been I've 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 I didn't buy into the main event, but I've been at the main event, and I've I bought into satellites, and I've played you know the. Um, the lower levels of the main event, like when they have the the two weeks of different tournaments, I've played in mm. a few of those. Okay, all right. Well, there you have it, folks. Brandon Mallow Lambert getting ready to make his debut at Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship in six days at Knuckle Mania. Brandon, thank you for coming on really quick. Before I let you go, I want you to give shout outs to whoever you need to want to see fit. Here's your platform, sir. Awesome. Well, I want to tell my kids, uh, Leonidas Cruz, Indiana Scarlet, and Aspen Gracie, I love you very much. Daddy will see you soon. I'm going to make sure of it. I hope you're tuning in on, 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 on February 5th. I want to tell Zara Mayrata from Reseda, California, I'm still deeply, madly in love with you. Nobody makes me feel the way that you do. I don't want to be with nobody else but you. Um, I want to thank King Mo for taking me under his wing and getting me ready for this. I want to thank Brock Weaver for being in my, in my corner on this and, and getting me ready. I want to thank American top team, uh, Gabriel Oliveira, um, JC Santana from uh, the Institute of human performance and Boca Raton. That's where uh, Gilbert Burns is training at right now for strength and conditioning. Wait till you see what he does and puts a whooping on Usman. And that'll tell you exactly why you need to go to Boca Raton and see JC Santana. Um, I want to thank all my sponsors. message. <laughs> I want I want to thank all my sponsors. Um uh on it, first form, uh the Turp House, obviously. Um, Dr. McNabb from Boca Raton, also a great chiropractor. Uh, my nutritionist, the fight nutritionist. She's on IG, the fight underscore nutritionist, Jackie Kaminsky. Um, again, my strength and conditioning coach, JC Santana, and uh Conan Salvera for um putting everything together for me. Um you know, I'm, I'm very, very grateful for the team that I have around me, and uh, I cannot wait for the rest of this year. And big shout-out to GOAT Combat Agency setting up this interview and a lot of the other interviews and uh, allowing me to do my thing. I love you guys very, very much, Scott and Vince, and the rest of the team. And I want to thank you so much for the time. Thank you, BWS Sports. Hey, thank you for coming on, taking the opportunity to give me a great interview. Everybody, Brandon Mallow Lambert, he's going to see him debut them bare knuckles in PKFC's Knuckle Mania February 5th, 2021. And is it Lakeland, right? It's actually yeah, it's, in Lakeland. It's right? in Lakeland, yes. Yeah, it's at the RP Funding Center in Lakeland on Lime Street. There you um, go. If you need a link to, the, if you need a link to, to get to the fights, you can go to my IG at mr.malo951 go to my bio click the link sign up you're good to go you're rocking um you can follow me on facebook brandon malo lambert um yeah i mean that's that's about it just definitely follow me on uh, on, on on social media you will not regret it i promise you um i'm having a good time with it <laughs> so and, and you know the more it goes along like i you know i don't really have there's not much on, on like I'm I'm really not excited. I'm excited about my debut. I'm right. just really not excited about this matchup. So that's why I haven't really talked a whole lot of shit. Um, 
walk through it like you're planning on it, and then we got yeah. we get that mic in front of you to call out your next uh your next victim, and then we'll we'll start seeing the uh, the full Brandon Lambert come yeah, out. Yeah, you're you're gonna see the Malo come out whenever uh, whenever I get a, a matchup that I'm excited about. And like I said, it's no disrespect to, to to Jared. You know, he's in there doing his thing, but I just don't think he has anything for me. There you go. We're getting ready to see it all go down in less than a week. Brandon, thank you again for your time. We definitely appreciate having you on. We'll look forward to having you on again. And knuckle up, toe the line, throw them throw them knuckles. I was about to say throw them bows, but no, we can't do that. I wish I could. Fuck, that'd be so amazing. <laughs> Brandon, thanks again, man. Appreciate the time. We'll be seeing you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the time, boss. Thanks, man. Peace.